guy, you need to come with me. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what what the hell is going on? And he was like, did your friend pass out? Did your, your friend pass out? And then apparently pissed his pants, too. Pissed his pants. So I get there. <laughs> oh, God. Has David Tell even come on stage yet? No. So oh, no, shit. The whole- Oh no, I lost a wired headphone. If only I had a company like Raycon sponsoring today's episode. Raycon, I need headphones. All right, guys, my next guest is the hilarious Alex Horner. Alex, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Thank you so much for coming on the Loading Meet. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Uh, did you have an easy time finding the, the studio? Uh, Google... It was ways, I believe. <laughs> Took me right here. Nice, nice. I always ask because it's a, it's a little bit of a trip sometimes. So how you been, man? Good. Today feeling uh feeling good. A little little smidge tired. Had kind of a funky uh, sinus infection. You know, not that anyone wants to know that, but um, <laughs> this is how I was feeling. Doing good though. Feeling good. I got a show. I don't know if uh, it'll you know if it'll be happening by the time this comes out, but I got a couple of shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're about a month out. Month, so, a month. month so out. you won't. These neither of these will be relevant. So probably end of April or like first of May is when your episode's gonna come. Probably coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so none of these will be relevant. But I got a, <laughs> I got a couple coming out in the next couple of weeks. So trying to hit it, some open mics and trying to um, just polish up my stuff. Right now we're trying to get everybody in here that's that's willing to respond and get in here but eventually we would love to have it to where it's like lined up with like if you have a show coming up in a month hit us up we'll schedule it to where it comes out the week that your show comes out and promotes your show mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to lean towards uh it's just getting logistics going again you know a rhythm going of people coming in routinely sure no i get it yeah. you uh <laughs> you have uh you got someone coming in later today right yeah uh garrett uh, oh, will be in oh really yeah I, i'm the Next show I'm on, I'm with him. Really? I'm on with him, yeah. He'll be in at, he's funny. I think, 5 o'clock or something today? Really? Yeah, yeah. No, he's a funny guy. Nice. The funny thing about him is um, I saw him most recently at his show that he did with Zach and... Uh, uh, at the Canes? Mm-hmm. 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 And, um, and I had not seen him before, uh, except for the very first time I ever did stand-up in Tulsa. Oh, wow. And it was just funny. It was just a weird thing. It's like I just barely saw him the first night. Saw, and then I basically saw him like one of the last nights yeah. I was out. So, and uh, just uh, what I saw from the open mic to that evening was just huge difference. And it's crazy to see was, the growth people are already having. Well, yeah. he's, he, I don't know, I don't know his backstory, how long he's been doing it, but he's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Well, I look forward so, to our interview later today. I mean, and, and he'll come out a week after yours, probably. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, 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 since October of 2021. 2021. Okay. Yeah. So about a year and like four months or five months. Okay. Mm-hmm. What got you into it? Like, what what was the the thing that just drove you to do the first open mic or get started? Um, COVID. <laughs> okay. So I was kind of bored with um. I mean, you know, everyone was bored with being in the house. You're watching a lot of TV. You and um. Obviously, you can't do an open mic until places open back up. Sure. But I was like um. I watched the. I watch, so basically, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, Trump was in office. Police were killing black people in alarming amounts. Yes. The you know we raided. I'm like not the smiling Capitol. about no, Trump and police killing black people. I'm just more like, no, like anticipation terrible. of where the third the rule of three is going to happen with so, this. So what happened with uh, <laughs> what happened was I used to like to watch like um like um. What's it called? Psychological dramas like um My Hunters and stuff like that. Well, or? no, no, like movies that were called like a suspense, like suspense or uh I forget what they're called. Shit. Uh thrillers and stuff thrillers, like that. Thrillers, suspense like psychological dramas. Okay. Psychological thrillers. But once like Trump was in office and police were killing everyone and there were riots and all of these things and then COVID was happening, I couldn't I couldn't handle any more 
uh, drama in my entertainment. I can I completely understand that. I yeah. couldn't handle it. It was just wasn't cool with me. So I just started uh, going to the comedy section of whether it was YouTube or Netflix or HBO Max or whatever. And after a while, my algorithm started to change. You know? Yeah. They did. Yeah. And then I started getting recommended all these different comedy, like comedies, comedy specials, comedy movies, comedy whatevers. And um, and I started like really getting to see some great stand-ups that I, I was getting turned on to all this new stand-up comedy that I, I wasn't didn't know of, I wasn't privy to sure. previously. So I was like, oh, I might want to try this. And so then when things started to finally um, clear up and you could get out a little bit, I uh, I started doing stand-up. This was, I was living in St. Louis. Oh, okay. St. Louis. Shout out to St. Louis. <laughs> city. It's a, yeah. Shout out to the city. They have an amazing brick company, apparently. They got beer. Budweiser <laughs> beer. Shout out to the Mississippi River. Shout out to the Gary Arch. I think that's the first river shout out we've ever had mm-hmm. on the show. Shout out to the <laughs> natural uh, geography. <laughs> We're informative here on Unloading Meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know that most uh, Budweiser beer is... Made with Mississippi River water. Really? Oh, for sure. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's muddy. They got to filter it. They do, yeah. obviously. It's because it's some muddy-ass stuff. As long as it's not like Flint, Michigan water, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> no, I, I think we're in way better shape there. I don't think... No. It's not like, it's not like that. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Quote me on that. Um, no, but... um. That was what I was like. I just can't take it anymore. It was like, things are too, too hectic and too real and too serious. Yeah. So... I was like, let's joke around. I like to joke around. I want to be put at ease and have some laughs. Yeah. And that's what that's what that's what had me start it. So I started in St. Louis and I didn't really stick with it for I wasn't as active as I am here in Tulsa. Um, but then I moved here and I was actually afraid that there wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna be a scene. Yeah, but there's oh, just, yeah. I couldn't have been more wrong. It's like yeah, it's, it, too much of a scene almost. Um, I mean, I've said it on a couple of my shows that like this scene changed the entire outlook and the, the direction of this podcast. Uh, originally, this was going to be a by the by the books, Joe Rogan kind of spin off of like you know me and Stefano. He's the guy behind the curtain, and it's just like me and him. He's my Jamie. We're going two man podcast and JMO. We tried that, and honestly, there's like ten different episode types we've tried that'll never see the light of day because they're fucking horrible. Uh, we just couldn't get it to work and it just wasn't flowing how we wanted it to be or it wasn't something I was ready to put out. And then I did one open mic in January with Roscoe and then he invited me out to the colony. Afterwards. What was the open mic? Which one? Uh, was it was a comedy club. Uh, okay. It was in January. Okay. Uh, he hosted it, him and Katie. And I did that. Then afterwards he was like, hey, if you're one of the five names I call, come see us after the show. And I was one of the five. So he called me there and he goes, hey, do you want to come out to the colony? We're going to have a band out there. We'll get to know you and like just kind of hang out. I think it was the same night that I was invited out. Were you one of the five? Nope. Oh. I was I was at a different place. Okay. I was doing uh, the ro- I was doing the insult attack. Conrad had a band going at the colony. It was in January. Uh, Miss you, little Conrad Miss from Arkansas. I think so. Yes. Was it so the same I, night? I I uh, well I don't know about that. No, it was like a Friday night in January. I don't know. <laughs> Friday night in January is the night that I did my first insult attack. At the Renaissance Brewery. Okay. And it was the first night that a lot of these comics like acknowledged me and said, come hang out with me too. Come hang out. Come hang out with us. Yeah. And it was at the colony. And, and I don't know if I bumped into you, but Roscoe was there. Okay. A bunch of people were there. It might have been the same night. I bet it was. Isn't it kind of weird how that kind of happened? Like, it's just sort of. small world. I mean, it's like, so like that night, I didn't know anybody. And I was scared shitless. I was just, you know, drinking my beer against the brick wall, just kind of just hanging out. I was, yeah, I was invited, but I don't know anybody. And then Roscoe put his arm around me and was like, hey, come here. And he one by one and introduced me like to Little Miss MG to like, uh, I met Juju there, Conrad. I met a whole bunch of people. Uh, I know Missy was there that night. Yeah. And I was kind of invited there through a different group of people. Really? But I was yeah. like, we were at the same place. So, like, it changed my my whole outlook on this show because then it was like, man, this scene is amazing in Tulsa. Like, there's comedians, burlesque, there's there's entertainment, like, live bands. There's people that are doing the cross of all of them. Um, burlesque, you know, all that different stuff. And I was like, man, we should broadcast that. We should get them those people on this show and kind of give them a spotlight and kind of show how awesome Tulsa is. And that night changed everything about this podcast. Really? Yeah. So you had this was this exists before then. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, but you had a direction you had in mind. But yeah. Then you're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch gears. Yeah, because after like those like five or five to ten ish episodes of me and Stefano tried to shoot in private, that like I said, I'm never gonna put out. Oh, they're horrible. Uh, we decided to just like put it on the back burner for now, and then I was gonna focus on my stand up. Went out to that open mic, and bam, that night was how it happened. Mm. And then we relaunched this the next month, and Little Miss MG was the second guest That's from awesome. that night. I met her. That's awesome. Yeah. I uh, I did pretty well. I feel like I did well at that one insult attack that I did, and everyone invited me out to the colony. Yeah. And I had been doing comedy here for about like five or six months, and um, it was funny because not a whole lot of people like, had given me much attention or talked to me much. I, I, I'm from here, but I was new to the comedy scene. Sure. And uh, and and, and kind of no one really had you know no, no there's a few select people that I'm very close friends with now who are like from the from night one were yeah. like I like you you're funny what's your name let's hang out or whatever yeah. but for the most part people didn't do that and so that night was special to me yeah because it was the night that they were like come hang out with us that that's that, that's how it's always in my brain too you know yeah and it's the night where I kind of felt like I felt I found like the community. Where like mm-hmm. the, I kind of felt like I was like, hey, there's a there's a community here that are light minded folk and they kind of get me. But and but, it, and but one month later, one month later, on the same night of the same insult attack, I made an ass of myself, and I feel like a lot of those people who were like, hey, come and hang out with me, they were like, uh, no, don't don't talk to me. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, it's my fault. Yeah, it's my fault largely. We all gotta learn, man. It's okay. No, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Things happen. Uh, those roasts are fun. The roasts are fun. I love that's Brian Bizjack's show. Yeah, shout out to Brian. Yeah, hell yeah. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite shows that's in the world. Where we kind of reconnected. It is. Uh, yeah, it's where we yep. or, or connected basically. That's how we connected. Because I, I think we've seen each other a couple times, but like we never really like sat down or talked or anything. Like, or just kind of. We were on the same uh, cellar dweller showcase. Yeah. Uh, uh, just directly before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then we were on that thing, and um, and I love the roast because. You can say things on there that you can't say other places. If if I were to talk about you the way I talked about you on the roast, yeah. I got just a random open mic where maybe you weren't there. Yeah, they'd be like, "Let's cancel this guy." Yeah, he's got to be out. He's got to be gone. We got to we got to put him out. You know, um, and it just it's just the nature of it. So yeah. I like it. You can be a little harsher, a little darker, a little 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 cut a little deeper. Yeah, uh, I'm doing the uh, the next one in April. Uh, I'll be on that. Really? Yeah, for the the insult. I, I was I, I told Brian I, w- I would be, but I'm going to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, well, that, in Minneapolis. Hey, that I completely understand. With King Princess and the Strokes. Oh, so I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be at yeah at the at the Viking Stadium. I mean, Chili Peppers, that. man. Yeah, that, yeah. I completely understand. <laughs> I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. I I sing them at karaoke. I my yeah I do too my uh, my voice don't kind of register you like you're a fan of karaoke yeah hardcore I know I heard karaoke is what got me back into stand up how is that because it, honestly like I was one of the guys that when I did karaoke I didn't just go up there and just sing the song like I was like it's like a show kind of thing so like I'm like the one of the ones that like kind of got me used to being on stage yeah. and like interacting with the audience and like actually talking to them not just reading the lyrics and just doing a basic karaoke and getting off of there like I just had fun with character it. yeah like to actually embrace and just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more it kind of got my stage jitters out of the way. Before when I when I ended up doing stand up again, it kind of just felt natural. It felt better. I mean, I still was rocky. I still got a long way to go before I'm comfortable 100. percent But I do feel it really helped. Yeah, part of it is like having well having a better voice. If you yeah. the better your voice is, the more range you have, et cetera. Yeah. But if you understand your ra- if you know your range from the from the from the jump, yeah, then you know what artists you can cover and which ones you can't. Yeah. And then people are surprised with me because, like, I have a when I sing, I can also hit like high pitch stuff. Like, I do a lot of high pitch stuff. Falsetto? Yeah. Let's hear some. Oh, no, no. Uh, what do we want to do? Um, oh, let's see. Don't think too hard. Like, I was singing Deborah by Beck. The oh, other day. I met you at JCPenney. Name tag. Set Jenny. I go step to you with a fresh pack of gum. And somehow I knew you were looking for some. Oh, no! Yeah. All right. That's yeah. it. Yeah, we're going to get we're copyright done. struck we're on this. Done. <laughs> but good uh, tasting music, dude. Yeah, thanks. That's uh, Midnight Vultures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like Beck. I like Beck. He's a Scientologist. I didn't know that part. 
Oh, we should look into it. <laughs> That's just, But if I gave up on every Scientologist, I'd never watch a Mission Impossible movie again. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, 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 they're good blockbuster, like, popcorn flicks, man. And eventually he's going to just kill himself in one of those stunts, and I want to be there to see it. <laughs> Tom? Yeah. Do you know he flew? Uh, I, had, I had a bet with a friend. Tom Cruise, I, I was starting to watch Jerry Maguire, like, this week. I did. I watched the first half of it. Okay. And it's directed by Cameron Crowe. And, um, you know, it's a good, like, there was a point in time where Tom Cruise was kind of the all-American guy. Yeah. He was the all-American, and there was nothing wrong. There was no, there was no downside to it. Yeah. And that, I feel like Jerry Maguire is one of those movies where that's the case. But now you know he's a Scientologist. It kind of just puts a little tarnish yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. It puts a little something on it. But um, it's like when you're in a Jewish deli and you hear Kanye come up on the radio. It's just well, like, <laughs> I'm never. I can't relate to that scenario. Well, you but travel. You've been to St. Louis. I got Kanye jokes, and I love Jewish food. <laughs> but I, yeah, I've never experienced the two together yet. <laughs> yet, yes. it's going to happen. Is there a Jewish age. deli in Tulsa that I don't know about? No, I'm okay. just saying if you're going East Coast. Yeah, but um. I love Jewish delis. No, I love I love jellies and Jews. Just, I love sandwiches and Jewish people. But um, lots of ball soup. Anyway, fuck Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> not literally. That'd be gross. <laughs> no, but he, he catch something. But I, used, I feel like there's a time. There's a time in which he like within American cinema or whatever he captured like this essence of kind. Of, he was kind of the all American guy, and he there was no baggage. Yeah. Now he's just like it's hard to like him, and I don't know. It's almost like Kanye. The, I God say, damn it! I, I will say the one thing that kind of redeemed him for me in a little bit, and honestly, it was like he leaned into it was Tropic Thunder. Oh, I love that movie. I, I adore that movie. That it would never movie. get made in 2023. Mm, never. My God, you know, I almost got, speaking about work. I told you I don't want to talk about work. Yeah, but uh, I almost got in trouble because, um, I work a pretty corporate job, and um, some people in the chat. About about work stuff, there was a it was I work in a design job, and we were talking about how you can never. Um, they were talking about how to use a design system. I kind of manage a design system, mm-hmm. uh, which I won't get into. But basically, they're like a triangle shape. Someone said you never go full triangle. You never go full triangle. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, everyone had a few com- funny comments in there. And then I posted a picture of Robert Downey Jr. with blackface. And, I, you know, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about how this could not be appropriate or whatever. And then it was like 20 minutes later, a, a message came through that was like, yo, you don't, you don't. They're like, hey, we uh, support a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of different, pla- you know, and you can't really talk about this. I was like, holy hell, how how am I so stupid that I didn't uh, think that you can't talk about, you know, you can't do this. Anyway. Yeah, you know. context is important. <laughs> it's you a, never it was, go full triangle. <laughs> never go full triangle, people. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be the message for today. Never go full triangle, guys. Never go full triangle. <laughs> what, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking... Like, do you remember that Weezer song, Pink Triangle? Weezer? Yeah. No, I don't. I know. Weezer has a song called Pink Triangle, and it's about him falling in love with a, a girl and then finding out she's a lesbian. What album is that on? Not the pink uh, one. It's one of the first ones. It's like blue? the first. It's either blue or the second one. The one that didn't do so well. Like, there's their follow-up album. Green well. with Hashpipe? No, that's later. That was way later. Oh, okay. Because, like, they, they've been around since the 90s. Like, early 90s. Was it Pinkerton? Pink? Pinkerton? It, it might have been Pinkerton. Yeah. It was the album, I think, that didn't do so well. Like, their second album, I think. But it had a song called Pink Triangle, because Pink Triangle is a symbol for lesbians. And she had it tattooed on her arm. I didn't know that. And uh, the whole song is them falling in love with a lesbian. And he's like, I'm dumb, she's a lesbian. I thought she was the one. Those lyrics are offensive. I know. <laughs> that was what the, I'm the song was. i by that. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, maybe it's a, a Weezer uh, symbolic thing with, I don't know. This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite money-saving website like Honey. I guess that's what you would describe it as. I don't know. Mr. Beast just advertises the shit out of it all the time. Um, I mean, I wish I had a discount on all this shit that I bought behind me. I'm broke as hell now buying all this shit. And I you know, I do look like I eat a lot of honey. Piglet. Okay, what was I doing? Um... If you guys are tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors, like Honey. 
and tell him to sponsor this fat ass, Unloading Meat. Now, back to the show. You want to have another one? Yeah, bro. I mean, it's, it's times, enough time's elapsed. How much time has elapsed here? Oh, I got to chase mine. With a monster energy drink, which you roasted me on. It's, hey, it's not the, it's not the regular flavor. It's not the regular. I thought that was a pretty good roast. It was all right. I heard it before, though. You heard it before? I heard it on this podcast. Yeah, that's where I like it a lot. As you can see, it's my humor. <laughs> it's all good. Well, and also, a roast is kind of hard to do sometimes when you don't really know the person. Oh. I don't know, we we kind of had we had that conversation, I think, in private. I think we Did, messaged you, didn't we? Didn't we message each other privately? I can't remember. I talked to so many people. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I think... Um, if it starts falling down, there's little knobs you can twist it and tie it. But I, uh, I tried to maybe message you. Um, it was also I, a month ago, so I don't remember who I all messaged. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. But um, and we're two shots in. <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, I tried to message everybody. I tried to message everyone I was a part of in the last one to be like, hey, just, I don't know, just to give everyone a fair shot. Yeah, like this is this is my baggage. Well, I appreciated it, honestly, because like that was my first roast or insult battle or anything like that. And so I was going in completely blind trash. No, we did. You're reminding me now. Yeah. We did exchange. Yeah, I think so. Because I remember what you, your response was. <laughs> and so, um, no, you know. Um, it helped. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, it's still fun. It's the best thing. Because at the end of the day, it's for the audience is to make the best, like, the best show. In my mind, is like, yeah, we're gonna do some, in, some pretty clever insults and stuff like that, and have fun. But at the end of the day, the audience has to get the laughs. So, like, I'm gonna do the best punches I can do to each person. So, I really appreciated the, the ammo you gave me and the info because I mean that just helped put on a better show for everybody overall. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like this, like we always ask the the screener on certain questions stuff like that because we want to make sure we don't offend anybody, especially the guests that are coming on here. So we just try to make sure everybody's kosher with everything. Kosher, that's offensive. Oh, not wow. if I'm using it in a good way. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Kosher's a Jewish thing. Oh, I know. You know, it, it, it took me a while because, like, I'm not even going to get in that subject on the podcast because that's going to get me canceled. Just, we'll, we'll cut this part. The the no. whole, well, the, just like the first time I heard the word kosher was like going down like the hot dog aisle at Walmart when I was a little kid and being like, what's the, what the hell does kosher mean? Like, I had no idea, like, between dill pickles and was, it, was it another shopper talking about what? No, it's just like they have a kosher, like they have kosher hot dogs. There's like labeled in the yeah. freezer doors were labeled. Yeah, and I was kosher. like, I have no idea what that means. So I just thought that was a brand. Like that was, like, oh, there's kosher pickles. There's it is kosher. a brand. I guess it is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't really know about it until, you know, I grew up a little bit later. Then I was like, oh, that's a, a Jewish thing. That's more for, you know, for their religion and stuff like that. So like, once I you know educated myself, well, then it kind of made sense. But for a while, I was just a dumb American kid. Or done, oh, not Oklahoma can be like, oh, culture is just a brand. <laughs> no, I get it. No, I'm I'm making jokes. I'm I sorry. Know. Yeah, we're two shots in, man. It's okay. I'm pretty loose. Is that too? <laughs> is that is that all it takes for you? A little bit. I'm a, I'm a I'm a, I have a pretty low tolerance on alcohol. Really? On uh on anything else, I have a pretty high tolerance. But alcohol, I don't drink that much. I'm more of a social drinker, so yeah. it does. Man, I think I drink man, might drink too much. I. My tolerance can be crazy high sometimes. <laughs> not a- funny. Not funny. AA's for quitters. I'm no. thinking of I'm thinking about all the people who might see this. Well, we could trim whatever you want. <laughs> well, I'm glad. My grandmother. So I'm thinking about the people who I'm friends with on Facebook. Yeah. One of them is like my boss's boss's boss. Yeah. At work. Obviously at work. Yeah. Yeah, this whole part we can be trying. He's a no, 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 but still, he no, he's a cool guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's cool and supportive, and I kind of, I, tr- I let my like uh, personal self out at work all the time, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to let them know, like, hey, this is me, you know, and they're all very supportive. Yeah, and I had one of them friend me recently on Facebook. I was like, Jesus Christ! I, I was like, maybe I need to scrub my whole profile before <laughs> I accept this guy. Yeah, but um, no, I was like, you know, what? He's, he's all right. So I just, I just like, boom, just like. Except. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't really use Facebook that much until I started getting back into the comedy world and then started seeing how much integral it is for the local scene. Uh, Like pretty much everybody uses Facebook in this area. You want to hear something funny about that? What? So I'm not trying to brag. This will sound like I'm bragging, but I'm not trying to brag. Um, I, so I lived here. uh, I moved away in 2017. And I did that because I had to. Excuse me. 
And when I did, like, I used Facebook for like, um, telling people like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm got whatever. I'm doing this type of event. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. I'm doing whatever. And it was mostly because I was friends with people who were in the same area. Yeah. And, uh, you can actually come out and support this thing. You know, that was how I use Facebook. Yeah. I had to move away. My, um, for, uh, I had to move away and I stopped using Facebook and I moved away for like six years and Facebook became useless to me. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, yeah, I had no use for it. Then I moved back and I learned, I realized that the whole Tulsa comedy scene was ran on Facebook. Yeah. You know, and I had like 400, I had like 400 followers or something like that, which I'm not, I don't care. I don't know if that's a lot or not, you know, whatever. But, um, with, from the time I started attempting stand up in Tulsa, which was August or excuse me, October of 2022, I've had like 700, Damn. 800 people try to friend me on Facebook. And I get, a, and not that they're all legit. Like, yeah. I, I get a ton that are like, the bots and stuff like that. Oh, like, let's start a sexy chat. <laughs> let's start a sexy adult chat about blah, 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 blah. It's, yeah, if I see bullshit. boobs in the profile pic, I'll always click on it and be like, how many friends do they have? They have like two and it's always thirst traps. I'm like, yeah. But, but the thing is, is that I see so many, uh, I see so many, I get so many friend requests per day. Yeah. That it's almost like I don't have the time to like sort through the tits, which ones yeah. have tits and which ones don't. Yeah. So I'm just like, accept, 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 accept. And then sometimes Facebook will be like, do you know this person? You know, you hit yeah. accept and like, do you know them? And if that ever happens, I'm like, no. Yeah. You know, but then I'm like, accept, 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 <laughs> you know. It, it, whatever so i can't like i don't know it's like it's got it, i don't mean to brag it seems like i'm no. bragging but there there's so much of that where i can't just look up they see if they have tits or not well i mean we also i mean all comedians are a little bit vain but it's all we got us into it so like every time we hit one of those like except it's almost like a little serotonin hit like it's like oh yeah 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 well not at this point i'm like i'm like yo no no i'm like whatever i just like don't have it like i i rely on that on that facebook fail safe yeah you know like boom boom boom, boom. instagram I, I i post all my stuff on instagram too and i kind of have it in like linked to where i'll post on everything but like uh that one has a lot more of like post this on community okc and like you know promote it on this and it's always like bots trying to get you to promote shit and like I get those like constantly on everything I post. I love it, dude. I'm a part of so many sexy parties. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. No, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, man, I am really loose. That's some good tequila. Well, you want another? Sure. Why not? Well, you want to wait a minute or? Yeah, let's wait a minute. We're, Until we're... we talk and talk about more about your wife, <laughs> ex-wife. No, I'm uh, just saying. Like I don't. I no. I'm I'm on board with what you're saying. I'm. I like Lego is what I was yeah. saying. I'm a Lego fan. What's your the, your top piece? Like, what's your prize? Uh, I have the Simpsons house. Wow. Was that the creator one or was that just on, on the I don't know what it, what category it fell within, but I my, actually one of my friends from work bought it for me. Oh, nice. Steven Deeds. Shout out Steven Deeds. Shout he, out Steven Deeds. <laughs> yeah. I don't know you, but shout out. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, work colleague who just became a good friend. And then took me out, and we saw it, and uh, he was kind of, like, hinting that he would buy me. He's like, hey, it's your birthday. I'll buy you something. You know, like, I'm I'm willing to buy you a birthday piece. Yeah. And then we went to this place. There's a lot of, so something you might not know about Lego culture is that, um, like, I heard that Tulsa's getting a Lego store. Yeah, in the mall, isn't it? Uh, yeah, probably, it would more than likely be in the mall, yeah. In the mall. Yeah. But that means you're getting like the, the high end shit, like the, 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 the real deal, high end, top of the line, you know, like yeah. the stuff that they're showcasing on their website. Yeah, and um, um, but th but there's also certain stores that um, that are like secondhand Lego stores, and they have like bulks of have like. 
bulk bins of mm -hmm. like unused Lego that people have brought in to like sell for like whatever money or whatever, and they're trying to resell it to make money. So it's so cool that you've if you have like a set that you're trying to like complete, you can go through there and dig through it and find a, one little tiny piece that you need. It might and it might be worth like two cents. Yeah, to them. You know, and you and you can pay for that. That's or, cool. Whole or you can it. like buy a whole bunch of shit and like pay for it by the pound. You know? Yeah. That's it, kind of the 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 cool aspect of Lego culture. Um, I have a few like so one piece I do want to get. I, I I almost bought it, but it was like four hundred bucks. I eventually want to get like you know Boba Fett's like ship, the slave one. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. I, I've always wanted that Lego set. I feel like that's a newer set. They've had a couple small ones, and then they had like a masterpiece one that was like way bigger. It's like it's like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they've had. They got one that's worth eight hundred dollars, and they got one that's worth two hundred. Yeah, yeah. I have a two hundred dollar one. I have one from the. You got the cheap one. Yeah, because I had. Or not cheap, but. Yeah, the the basic one. Or the, the basic. Regular. The. I had the one. I had the original Millennium Falcon. Well, not the original, but I had one from like two thousand four or five, like from the you know the prequel area. Mm -hmm. Um and it had the it was the original like the seventies one like the, the the original trilogy kind of style. Yeah, my ex wife threw it down in a fit when we got divorced. Uh oh, and smashed it everywhere. Trying to trying to get yeah. you going. Yeah, she destroyed that in the ex wife. Um, yeah. they were up here and she threw them down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it, it, it that, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, it yeah. hurt. It hurt a lot. Um, so like when I got remarried and stuff, and then like the new movies came out, I was like I was determined to buy another Millennium Falcon. And I got the newer set when episode seven came out and kind of redid that. Looking for something? Yeah, that fucking. Yeah. Oh. This right here. <laughs> Bada boom. Sorry. No. Uh, Just that. But yeah, so I like rebought it. And like my, my kitchen, I'm turning into a Star Wars kitchen. So like we have the helmets up there and stuff like that. You got blue milk in there? I could. I got food kill food coloring. Mm -hmm, I want to go to the Galaxy's Edge. I want to go to Disneyland and see that. I just went there. Really? Mm -hmm. How was it? Um, it was amazing. It was cool as fuck. Um, I went with my wife and my friend, uh, who, who, uh, I went, I went with my wife and my friend and his wife. So we it was two couples. We hadn't really vacationed together ever. Yeah. And that's always a challenge going with it, you know? Yeah. Going away for a week with some strangers. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was a good time. And, um, I knew that I was going away for like a gauntlet, like, um, I I know that Disneyland Disney World is kind of like a thing for kids or whatever, and like I was like uh, I was like I was like I, I I committed to dedicating my whole vacation to that. Yeah, because I knew this was going to be like a roller coaster gauntlet, and I, and I love roller coasters. <laughs> so I was like, let's just do this. Let's yeah. commit to it. I don't give a shit. I don't care about any of the in between stuff. I'm just like get, trying to get on these rides. And just like ball out, yeah. And um, we got to that. That there's th there's really only three worth mentioning. If you're trying, if you're a roller coaster fan and you're trying to go to Disney, um, the first one is the is the uh, first one that was ever made a part of Epcot, which was the one is the first Marvel roller coaster ever. Nice. And Epcot is the Guardians of the Galaxy dark roller coaster within Epcot. Okay. Oh my god, it's so sick. You 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 don't even know what's gonna happen. You go in there, you you uh kind of sign up for it, you just get in line and you just like follow everyone else, and then you get in there, Terry Cruz starts talking to you. Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't even remember him being a part of it. <laughs> I'm not that big of a fan. You're a Marvel fan. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember him in Guardians. At all, anyway, it was Terry Crews like giving you this like deep ass lecture, and I was like, "What kind of ride is this gonna be?" Then they funnel you into this other area, and um, you get into like what is like a roller coaster, you know, like this long caterpillar of a thing where two people are sitting next to each other. You go through and do it. It's a dark coaster, so you're going through everything, and um, you know, it's like a it's like a warehouse that mm -hmm. was abandoned that they repurposed. And you have no idea what's in there. You're going up and down and upside down, and you're going nuts. That's cool. In that thing, and all, and, and the whole time they're playing Disco Inferno. Nice. Yeah, they're playing music from the movie, like all this cool, like seventies esque music, sixties, seventies esque music, 
and then um Dude, there's a point in time where you come through and they like that you're going, you're going, you don't know which way you're gonna you're coming out of this until so they just kind of smooth it out. You're going in the spiral, and dude, you're circling around like the the moon. Oh wow. Like, and it's it's like the moon. <laughs> it's like you know, it's yeah. not a it's not a projection of it. It it's just looks not, like you're actually there. It the looks like the fucking moon. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's freaking neat. I haven't been like I, my parents took me to Epcot and Disney World like when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and like it was before all the Marvel boom and all that stuff. So like I got to see it before then. Like it was like back in the day when they were really big more into like the Pixar side of Disney. Like Bugs Life had its own exhibit and stuff like that and stuff like that. I don't know why I said stuff like that twice. Um, maybe the the tequila, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I kind of got experience before the big comic boom. So I'd love to go back now and also take my kids and kind of see how that is, too. Don't take your kids. Don't take my kids? <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I mean, you could. If you want to be a good dad, sure. But I was <laughs> the whole time me and my friends were like, man, imagine what it would be like if we had to fucking bring our kids. I, I want to get my my youngest a little bit older. Because, like, I have two kids. I have a 12-year-old and a 6-year-old, both girls. Mm-hmm. I want to get my 6-year-old at least, like, 10-ish to where they can both go on all the rides that I want to go with them when I don't have to separate or something. Because like, I'm a single dad right now. So, like, if I plan on a trip, hypothetically, I'd probably be the three of us or something like that. Or unless I had a girlfriend or something like that at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I went. I took, like, I took, a, I took like, a week off work to go and do this with other friends from work. And my whole theory was that, like, like I'm a roller coaster guy. Yeah. I'm a roller coaster fiend. So I'm gonna do this because I kinda owe it to myself. Yeah. But beyond that, this is not my thing. Like I'm not I'm not into into that. Yeah. Like I wanna I don't yeah, I'm I i do not know. Well maybe that's good that they have like different things. I mean, there's different ways that everybody can kinda get their own kind of thrills out of it too. Like you got your well, own. We had no kids with us. We yeah. had no kids with us, so True. no one had to do that yeah. or whatever. Um, I just, I just kind of knew that going into it, I was like, I'm gonna commit to this, yeah, and I'm gonna like it's gonna be a roller coaster gauntlet, yeah, and and I'm never coming back. I do want to like I'm a big Star Wars guy, so like I I oh, I sorry. would sorry that to... was the thing other thing I was trying to get to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, because I want to do the lightsaber. I really want to build my own lightsaber. Okay, well I didn't do that, and I would have liked to, and I would like would have liked to build my own droid too. But the other two uh, Star Wars related things that meant something to me was that I did get to drive the Millennium Falcon. Oh, cool! Yeah, we yeah, I was the up down guy. They'll bring in four people at once. Uh, you get a left right person, an up down person, a uh, shooting the blaster person, and I can't remember the fourth one. But I did. Uh, I was I was an up down guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then also the coolest ride of all was the um the one called um shit was um the rise of the resistance. Okay. Oh my god, the rise of the resistance. Was it a roller coaster too, or was it just a different ride? Oh no, it wasn't a coaster. It was it was experiential. Okay. It, something w- otherworldly. You uh, go in, if you ever go to the, when you get to the Star Wars part of the park, um, it's it's very experiential in that, like, you'll see, like, an X-Fighter, X-Wing fighter there is parked. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, look at that. And then you just kind of, like, to your left, to your right, they're everywhere, you know? And um, whenever you go on the Rise of the Resistance, you're kind of, like, whenever you get in line for that ride, it's the same kind of place, you know? And you get in there, you go in or whatever, and there was a there was a ship that was like, where you're gonna walk into for that. And um in and there's like probably thirty people on the ride with you. So you get in there and they open the door and it's like it's kinda like, all right, it's your turn now, just like shuffle in, everyone scurry in. Yeah. And you do that and then inside, you know, the hammerhead shark guy mm-hmm. who's kinda I don't know his name, but it, the Star, uh, and he, he looks he's like a rebel he's a rebel uh google it that guy yes yes oh uh, yes that guy the admiral like the fish guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that okay. him for sure 
We can even do. So he was like, you get, you get on, you get on, like the, you're out there and like you're uh, walking into a, an area of the park that's really no different than any other area of the park. And it's funny because, you know, everything about the place is majestic. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're, everything about it is magical. Right. And so you've, you know, I've been at, it's like I've been at Disney World all along or whatever, all, all day long. And then you go to a place that's like this with that guy. Is it Akbar? Akbar. Okay. Yeah. So, so you get in, you walk into this place where it's this big like ship that is kind of like hoarding in everyone who's wants to be a part of this ride. And then, all, then they're like, oh, he's up in the front. He's like a, he's like an animatronic. And he's like, hey, you want to, you know, everything good with the rebellion? Everyone cool with everything? And everyone's like, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And everyone's cool and chilling. And then all of a sudden, the ship starts taking fire. Oh, shit. That's yeah, cool. dude. It's, yeah, dude. It starts like shaking and taking fire. And we're like unstable and all this stuff. And we're like, holy hell, what do we do? And um, uh, basically, they're like, all right. We're gonna start like taking fire, like uh, on the screen. This is like a Poe, right? Yeah, Dameron. Yeah, Poe start is on the, one of the screens. He's like, "Hey, we're good." At the beginning, he's like, "We're all good." And as soon as we start taking fire, he's like, "All right, this ain't cool." Like, I'm gonna start taking. We'll start taking fire on the left side. Y'all start taking it on the right side, et cetera, et cetera. And then anyway, and then um, it comes down to basically like everything just shuts down. All of the. All the lights, all of the everything comes down. It's dark. There's no light. There's no anything. Then over the intercom, I says, like, rebel scum. Oh, shit. Like, you're, in, you're prepared to be boarded by the Empire. Whatever. And so that door that you walked in from the normal outside part of the park. Yeah. That's where you walk back out of. And when it, when it opens up, dude, it's no, it, you're not even walking out into anything that's like where you walked into. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a totally different portal. It's like they moved that ship to some other fantasy land place. It's nuts. It's so, it was, it was it, nuts. It's so immersive. And it was so immersive in that way. And then all the people were also actors. That, you know? Yeah. They're like rebel scum. <laughs> They're into it. And just play, yeah, play oh, the my God. Yeah. That sounds like an experience, man. Dude, it was. I got pictures of, of where it was, but when you whenever that door opened back up and you had to walk into it, basically it was like everything shut down. They're like, rebel, rebel pieces of shit. Yeah. Like, be prepared to be boarded by the Empire. And then whenever it happened, you just you don't have anything to say. It just happens, and they are in a totally different place than where you were whenever you left. That's pretty cool, man. I love how, I love I love how much they're getting into this. This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by someone like Ridge Wallet. Ridge Wallet, man, I really wish I had a new wallet, Stefano. Mine's falling apart over here. It's like held together by dreams and duct tape, and it's it's pretty empty as it is. Um, man, if I had a company like Ridge sponsoring this show, guys, you wouldn't have to hear these horrible, horrible fake ads. So if you want to make that happen, reach out to your favorite company like Ridge and uh, tell them to sponsor the show, Unloading Meat. Anyway, back to the show. So Should, uh, should we talk about comedy? We should talk about comedy, I think. Talk about comedy. You want to take one more shot and talk about comedy? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. Ugh. Thank you again for being on, man. Yeah, not necessarily loose, but that one's loose. That one's speaking of loose. No, let's talk about comedy though, because right. I feel like that's the thing that got us here. It's really the thing. Yeah, that man. Connects uh, us. Uh, how'd you feel about the showcase in February? Me and you were on. How'd you feel? At Cellar Dollar. Yeah. Um, it was the show that I used to showcase my blue whale submission. Nice. And I feel like it went pretty well. And so I, I I had a ten minute I had a ten minute um set that I 
felt like I needed to cut short. Like I needed to like cut trim the fat or whatever. Yeah. So I did that and I um used that set that I did at Cellar Dollar, which is a ten minute set. And um hopefully submitted something worthwhile. Yeah. I submitted I mean, I don't know if you saw mine on I, I submitted an open mic I did. Uh just as I said, fuck it. Like it was one of those things where I I regrettably so the night we did the showcase, um, it was my first showcase. It was my first, you know, paid gig and stuff like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a ten minute set. I forgot like a minute and a half in the middle of it, and it was it was stupid because it was like shit. I was gonna make fun of Roscoe for and stuff, and he's literally right there, mm-hmm. and I forgot that part, so I just went to my ender, and so I ended up doing like eight and a half, is what I ended up doing on my showcase. I don't know if anybody noticed it or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I ended up doing like eight and a half. Um, and uh, I was pretty happy with the set, but that night I had already agreed to go to one of my friend's birthday parties in, what are they, Collinsville, I think where they live. So, like, I had that 45 minutes before I was supposed to go up on stage. So, I didn't even, free- I forgot my camera. I didn't film my fucking showcase. My first showcase, I didn't even film it. I fucking forgot everything. And so, I like, I regret, like, my first time, I don't even have it on fucking video. Yeah. And so it sucks. So, like, now I have my cameras and stuff like that. So, like, even, like, the Looney Bin one, I was just like, I'm just going to throw it out there and record it. And it ended up being a pretty good set for my first time even doing that open mic material. And I was like, you know what? Throw it to Blue, Blue Will. Fuck it. Who cares? Let's just get it out there. <laughs> like, I, I don't have hardly any stand-up on my shit, my channel. Because I try to keep it private. You know, it's my set. I don't want to have it out there to have, you know, everybody know all my jokes. And How shit. long have you been doing it again? January. All right. That's pretty new. That's, that's super new. Yeah. So, like, um... 15 years ago, I talked about this. I, I, I did the Looney Band a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend basically lie to me and say that they didn't want you back. Um, what a fucking friend. Yeah. Um, but at that time, it was the only club in town. So when you're banned from Looney Band, supposedly, you just give up comedy. So that's what I, I was like. I'm fucking done. So I just stopped. I was like, I was broken. I just didn't do it anymore. And then last year, Katie Styles was doing an open mic at Tulsa Comedy Club. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot, see if I still have it. Went out and did an open mic. I think it was like October or November or December or something like that. She just did one open mic and opened it or hosted it. And uh, I got my jitters out. I was like, okay, I still feel something. And so then January is when I did that Roscoe one, and that's when he invited me to the colony. And I've been doing it ever since. That's so great. like, I took all of 2021 and pretty much 2022 to build like the Elmoly Meat brand, the logo, get this podcast off the ground, build this set. This was everything I planned for like a year and a half. And like I said, we tried to record those 10 episodes or whatever and try to get it going. And then we put on the back burner and then I went on stand up and it just kind of forced the two together. And now I consider the podcast so intertwined with comedy that I can't, I can't separate them. Like you said to yourself, some of the roast battle jokes I came up with on here because it's just like, it's so like symbiotic to me as far as like, I can get humor from the podcast. I'm passionate about it, but I can also do my stand up from it too. I think they kind of work together. And also, it builds relationships back and forth, too. Totally. Totally. Sorry, I just went on, like, a rant there. No, it's fine. <laughs> totally fine. But, yeah, like, I, 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 I'm very passionate about stand-up. I'm passionate about podcasting. Um, and I just love both worlds, and I'm just so appreciative of everybody in Tulsa being well, willing to come on the show and be supportive. Like, it means a lot. I feel like everyone in Tulsa who's willing to be a part of the show is selfishly do- they're doing it for themselves. I know. Yeah, and myself included. Yeah. But that's the point of it. Like, the point of the show is not only to get, you know, selfishly, I'm also getting a guest out of it. So it's kind of a thing where, like, you're getting publicity, I'm getting publicity. It's a kind of a win-win for both of us. That's the way I try to present there's it. A we- there's a weird, um, there's a weird, I-, I had no idea that Tulsa had it. Yeah. Tulsa had these people. Com- comedians. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, I think Tulsa's on the verge of blowing up. Like with Tulsa King, with uh, Reservoir Reservation Dogs in the area, those are two high publicity shows that are on that are casting people in Tulsa and gilding up this area. Uh, Watchmen had the whole section about the Tulsa, the you know the, the race riot, the race riot, the yeah. funnest part. Well, yeah, but also history. important part that people kind of glossed yeah, over yeah, in this it's, area. It's part of it. It's not the fun part. It's not the fun part, but it's also mm-hmm. something important that people need to know in history because after Watchmen came out, there was a lot of people that were like, I didn't even know that was. They thought that was fictional. They thought they made it up for the show. Oh, yeah. And then it came out that episode. They're like, oh, this is actually real. What happened? I didn't know that. Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Like, it was pretty 
bad. So bad. <laughs> Fucking horrible. Yeah. But like people kind of gloss over it because they're not a, they're ashamed of it. And I mean, yeah, you should be ashamed should of it, but be. we still have to learn from history so we don't repeat it. <laughs> no, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one to get a pat get yeah. over. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things happening in Tulsa yeah. that we can all any comedy thing. Yeah. Any comedy thing you can, but, but, I can but what talk I'm, about. But what I'm getting at is like with Tulsa uh, King, Reservation Dogs, um, there's a spotlight on Tulsa right now, good and bad, from like the history and stuff like what I was talking about. But like I think right now is we're getting ready. We're on the peak of a boom. I honestly feel we're on the peak of a boom in Tulsa. I, I just feel it. There's so much fucking talent here. Yourself included, myself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm egotistical to say I have some talent. Yeah, <laughs> you do. But I mean... My goal, honestly, like one of my comedy heroes is Bobby Lee. Uh, really? Yeah. Surpri- people are always surprised by that here. That, that quite, no, that it's is. not. He's a. Uh, I just wa- I like hot ones. You like hot ones? Yeah. Bobby Lee has nasty hot ones, dude. Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I, think he shit, I think he shit his pants. Bobby Lee is. I mean, he shit his pants on a lot of shit. <laughs> but no. yeah. Uh, but no, like his story goes a lot with. Uh, there's a lot of similarities as far as like. The like we both had sexual assault when we were younger, uh, and both had a lot of trauma growing up and uh, depression, you know, all that stuff. And then like, there's just a lot of similarities where I can relate to his story a lot. Uh, and then his type of humor of finding the the humor in the trauma. I don't know. I I related a lot to him, especially during COVID, because like COVID, like you talked about, uh, whenever you decided to do comedy, COVID kind of helped you know shape that idea. It helped me for me too personally because I was sitting here watching. Things like Two Bears, One Cave, Your Mom's House, Trash Tuesday, um, uh, Are You Garbage? You know, just different podcasts and watching all these comedians be trapped, not being able to do the show, not being able to be on a stage, and they're trying to find an outlet. And so they start working on their podcasts. And that kind of inspired me to be like, fuck, if they need an outlet and they're putting so much into podcasting, I could do that. And not that I have the ego of saying I'm on par with like a Burt Kreischer or anything like that. I hope to one, be, one day be. But I just want to be able to like, put out my content and see if I can grow an audience myself. And I think we're all in the way. Sure. No, I think you are. It's too tough. So tough to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, there's no easy path to having that answer. Yeah. And it's kind of one of the things too, where like, you know, I have two kids, uh, the house paid off, the cars paid off. I have, I'm divorced. Uh, I've put everything into comedy this year. Like everything is into the podcast and stand up and, it's one of those things where I just want to grow it and I want to be able to build a base for my family. You know what I mean? Have the podcast only the fall back on, do that weekly. And then on the weekends do shows. I think that's kind of where I want my, my life to be. No, I totally respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't consciously not respect it. That's, that's what we're going for, man. Yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of time and effort. Same thing. You're, you're, we're all on, we're all from, we all come from different walks of life. Yeah. But strangely, can't really avoid similar paths yeah i have my base here with my kids and stuff like that uh so don't need to move to austin my thought it, is let's build tulsa let's build up a hub tulsa let's yeah. get this to be a destination to where like when comedians come in like bobby lee or anybody that's doing these shows let's build this up to where they come in on our show they come on the tulsa scene um there's lots of different things that we're working on as far as production stuff like that we'll talk off camera but like yeah well this is just the start yeah sure i, I want to yeah. build this up no, I, I think it's a great place to start, you know? I'm building up whoever's coming on the show. I want to build up Tulsa as a whole, not just myself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're at. I like it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. No, I mean, what's more of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk comedy. We talked. Um, we said we were going to do it. Yeah. Uh, what do we want to talk about comedy-wise? Shit. Who's your favorite comic? David Tell. Ooh, a good, good answer. My favorite of all time is David Tell. You want to hear a funny story about David Tell for go, me? Go right ahead. After I'd met my friends from St. Louis, I had to move back to Tulsa, and I'm, I bought three tickets for me, him, and his wife to go to a David Tell concert. Oh. You know? Jealous. No, I know. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> And so we go, and I, I, so I, but I'm also living in Tulsa this time. So yeah. I'm, I'm buying tickets for St. Louis people. And I, uh, we get back there into town, and his wife, like after the first night, his wife set, tells us all, she's like, I have COVID. Oh, shit. She's like, I have COVID. 
Um, so maybe y'all just need to go without me. And I'm like, yeah, maybe we do. You know, and uh, so we go. <laughs> Shit. So we go, and um, oh my god, this is terrible. You're good. No, and so anyway, she's like, I got COVID, you know. I'm like, and I don't even like take a test or anything. I'm like staying with him for the weekend. I don't even take a test because I've had it already twice. Yeah, you know, so I'm not even bothering with it. And uh, it's it's cool, you know. So we go, and so shit. You're good. And so, and uh. So, um, anyway, I'm like, so my friend, um, and the, I'm trying to make this not too horrible to edit. <laughs> I'm like, her, his girlfriend has COVID right away. She's like, if you want to watch a, a a skit or like like you know, and I watch a skit, but like kind of like adhere to that notion and then you can like kind of not go around or not talk to people i'm like i'm fine i don't care i'm not worried about that yeah and um so we go we go out and uh fucking hell i'm sorry you're good no i'm not doing so good (laughs) the magic of editing will take care of all this it's okay i know it will be great but um So she had COVID, and she had COVID, and I was like, "I'm not, I'm not worried about it, you know." Yeah, I don't care. I'm not worried about it, just because I've had it already twice. Yeah, you know. And so anyway, she like so she goes upstairs because the place we're staying at is like an upstairs downstairs place. Their bedroom is upstairs, and they just kind of stayed up there. It wasn't a big deal. And so then we talk about the you know the remainder of the trip or whatever. So we're supposed to go to a David Tell show. David Tell show. I tell him this ahead of time. Like we're gonna go to David Tell, and how many people of yours do you want to do you want to go? Yeah. And they're like, uh, I don't know. At least me and my girlfriend and me and you or whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. No, no sweat. Whatever. So we do this, and then uh, she can't. She's sick, so she's not gonna go. We have one extra ticket, and I'm like, tell, you know, so since she's gone, there's someone else has got to be, like, available to go. And no one else, no one else I'm has. Off I'm off camera, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's, you're cool. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about you. Uh, no one else uh, has that type of thing to say, you know? Like, no one else is available, you know, it's it's whatever, so. She can't make it to the David Tillis show. David Tillis show. I tell my buddy, I'm like, who can take her ticket? Who can take her ticket? And we we put it out there, and no one is available to go in her stead. So we're kind of like, we feel like we're kind of like asked out or whatever. But anyway, so it's it's just me and my buddy. It's just me and my buddy going to see David Tell. So we get to our seats and. Since his wife, his his fiance, was supposed to be in our group with us, um, you know, it would have been a group of three people at the table. But since she was gone, it was just him and I, and we were sat with other people. We were sat with other strangers at the comedy show. Sure. And these guys were like, just kind of like in a league of their own. You know, they were like, uh, uh, "Yo, dude." Um, you know, Trump, you know, you know, he didn't win it this time, but he will next. You oh, know? wow, they were doing that. Oh, they were like that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he didn't win it this time, but he will. And so in the in the in the bartender came around and he was like, what can I get y'all to drink? You know, and he just asked us what we wanted. And me and my buddy were like, we'll take a, a couple of uh, Manhattans, yeah. Manhattans or whatever. Classy drink. You know, 10, 10 minutes go by. Did they come back around with their our Manhattans? And there are like. Eight gnats oh, in our drink. Ew. Eight gnats in our drink. Yeah, it's fucked. That is fucking gross. It's fucked up. How was David Tell, by the way? Well, let okay. me tell you. <laughs> so you'll tell me about a tell. So do tell about a tell. No, so look, look. So we're like, 
we got there in a place where we weren't, we didn't take up all the seats that we expected to because people had bowed out. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're trying to like get along with these people who just kind of were sat with us, like, you know, for whatever reason. And, uh, dude, it wasn't good. Like, they, um, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, like, some of the people, I was, it was like me and my homie. And like some of the people that we were sat with, they were just like telling him like over the like continuously without him asking like why Trump was a better president than when whoever oh, got voted shit. in, et cetera. Also, like why why there weren't so many gnats. We both got we both got gnatted up. We both got set up in situations where there were too many gnats in the drinks. Like, you should never have that. Yeah, it's just gross. You should never have that. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, it was a terrible situation. You're holding the mic like a Cavassier glass, like a pimp. Well, it keeps <laughs> wanting to fall down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and cover twist my face. That, there we go. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. But um, either way, it was like... um. It was like my buddy, my buddy like had, he was like not not having a great time as is from the get. And then talking about other situations, like he just wasn't having it. And so whenever the fucking, like having to be sat with these other dudes who didn't want to talk, you know, didn't, who weren't, who were like wanted to talk about Trump from the beginning. Then also being a part of this group of people who also didn't want to like, who also was like scared shitless by the fact that there were like eight gnats in his drink. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. You know, he, he, all of a sudden he like, he was like, he came online. He was like, yo, he's like, uh, what do I, how do I get to the fucking, uh, bathroom? How do I get to the, whatever the bathroom, yeah. the, ma- the men's restroom. And I was like, I was trying to tell him exactly how to get there. I was like, yo, I just came from there. It's like right here, you go to the right, then take immediate left, et cetera. He just didn't, he ignored all of my advice and he just was all, you know, just like jetted out. And I was like, what the fuck was that about? I was like, that was super weird, you know? And yeah. um, turns out, like five minutes later, some dudes from the comedy club came up to me and was like, yo, he's like, you got a homie that fucking. Do you have a friend who uh, had, like, a gray sweatshirt on and had, like, a black hat? And I was like, yeah, you need to come with me. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what what the hell is going on? And he was like, did your friend pass out? Did your, your friend pass out? And then apparently pissed his pants, too. Pissed his pants. So I get there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Has David Tell even come on stage yet? No. So oh no, shit! The whole point. No, this is the whole. God this damn is it. a David Tell story. <laughs> yeah. So my friend, I go to my homie. Like I know. So what happened was at the at the table with the guys who were claiming they were into Trump. They also said they had like these like fucking gummies that were like psilocybin gummies. Oh, fuck. did they and give they, it to your friend? They were going to offer them to us. So they offered one to me, and I thought they were going to offer one to my homie. They offered two to him. And he took them without thinking, and two ended up being too much. No, yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently, they were too much. Yeah. Went and talked to him, and I was, everything was kind of a, a little bit weird, and he did seem like he pissed himself, maybe, and he was talking about it. But uh, no one really had agreed that he had, you know, really broken any laws or whatever. Yeah. So we had I had to walk him. There's that a, a comedy place, a comedy uh, club in uh, St. Louis, and we had to walk him up the stairs. We got him up the stairs, and the whole time he was like digging in his crotch, like in his front, yeah. to like feel if anything was wet, to see if he had actually like felt anything wet and breaking, you know, again broken any laws. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, he did. He did for the record when he got when he got <laughs> up there. It was funny because, like, one of the uh, security guards there was the one who basically, like, gave us a red flag, like, kind of helped us with this whole thing. It was kind of like, y'all, he's like, y'all's story is kind of fucked up, but if y'all kind of, like, maintain your own sanity for a little bit through this whole bit, like, I'll let, I'll let y'all get out of here without any kind of, I won't call anybody. Yeah. And uh, we got out of there, 
And this guy who had been like the head of security for the whole thing was like, y'all, man, y'all get out of here in school. And he was kind of like, y'all, you know, y'all are all right. You know, you're kind of weird, but y'all are all right. And, and at the end of it, the guy was like, all right, man, y'all are all right. Y'all are cool or whatever. My buddy had just pulled his hand out of his pants. He's like, thanks, bro. And the guy was like, nah, man. You know what I mean? Like, nah, y'all, yeah. you've been digging into your dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to fucking high five you. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever get to actually see David Vitell or did you just stay I out? I never got to fucking see David Vitell. Oh. So I told, so David Vitell is one of the, he's, he's coming to Tulsa. the, yep, 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 for the Breakdown Tulsa Opening. Comedy Place. I, I sent the link to my buddy. I was like, yo, want to buy us tickets? <laughs> want to buy us for three? This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite box delivery food service like HelloFresh or ButcherBox, but it could be. And honestly, it probably should be. Have you seen this guy? I'm a full-time fat ass. And honestly, if I had one of those subscriptions, I probably would lose quite a bit of weight because I, I've looked at the food and it looks pretty damn delicious. I mean, all food looks delicious to me. That's kind of the problem. But if you want to stop these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite company like HelloFresh and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now, back to the show. Uh, Alex Warner, thank you so much for jump jumping in on Only Meat. Uh, where can the, where they can follow you at? It's my own culture. M Y O W N C U L T U R E. You get that on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, uh, Facebook's my name. Alex Warner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. just so everybody can follow you and hopefully. Yeah, man. Hopefully, yeah. I'm trying to get some more, more, some more content. I hate it. I'm yeah, kind of. I'm, I'm a little too old for. <laughs> I'm a little older than the average bear in terms of like people who want to just like really care about like keeping their social media up to yeah. date. If it wasn't for the podcast, man, I honestly yeah, and stepping on helping out, I, I, I try really hard. But even then, I there's so many ways to improve it. It takes a lot. I suck at social media. I suck at it too. Where I'm at right now, so follow me. All right, man. Ooh. Well, guys, this has been unloading me. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen. He is Alex Horner. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Take care. Peace. Bye, have a great time.